All right, here we go. We ready? Mm. I guess. <laughs> Welcome to M Vibes Podcast. Home of good music, good libations, and good vibes. Yeah, welcome to the M Vibes Podcast. Today's uh, today's topic is uh, free coasters. Yeah, yeah, we're here with them. Hi, hi. Oh. <laughs> normally, <laughs> you normally in the opening of our podcast, we talk about what we're drinking. <laughs> But uh, I'm miserably hungover, so I'm just we, drinking water. We we went and saw him last night at uh, Skylark, and uh, Jameson was our friend last night. So <laughs> over and over, <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, we had a that's quite a quite a. I left early because I was like I felt I was like I can't I, I can't so I left like second song of the second set because <laughs> I was like okay fuck I, I, I need to go home or I'm gonna kill somebody on my way home well <laughs> I, was, I was that drunk I was no, like, no. you yeah. you texted me and you're like are you gonna pregame with us at all I'm like well damn how long you guys been drinking already yeah man? we started drinking at like 4 3 yeah. 30 or 4 <laughs> something like that and that was not a good idea <laughs> my friend Amanda said that uh, she was at the bar when you you, you ordered three shots and said you met four. <laughs> she invited herself. That, that was me. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking of Amanda, our other uh, host of the show, she's not here today. Uh, she's having fun in Boston. She, she went to um, uh, Sam Adams. Uh, she's brewing with Sam Adams. She, yeah. Our other co-host is a brewer, professional brewery. That's incredible. Uh, she's doing, um, uh, she's out there in, uh, in Boston making wow. a beer with uh, Sam Adams. That's really cool. Yeah. But she did shoot us a text and said that she was drinking Jameson last night as well. Yeah. So. Okay. Is he nice? <laughs> Sam? <laughs> Sam, yes. He's, He's only like 240 years old. I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm making beer. Yeah. Gosh. Um, so, the yeah. things he's seen. <laughs> <laughs> and drank. It would be perfect for this podcast. We're we're we do. <laughs> well, I'm drinking coffee from your house. Yeah. In a cookout cup from last night. <laughs> we actually have coffee cups. Okay? You to That's much cooler, though. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to put ice in it, though, and this thing's styrofoam, so I'm just going to. We do have some. Jameson, I'm like, poured in. You hear it? You're always the cult. That sounds great. Sounds great on camera. Nice and cool. Why don't you guys introduce yourself real quick? Tell us what what you play in the band. I am John Schiller. I play bass in the band. I'm Claire Liparulo. I play guitar and sing. And we do have the rest of the band here, which don't have enough mics for them. (laughs) (laughs) They're kicking around making noise. Yeah, so they're in the background. They'll pipe here and pipe up here and there, so... Um, yeah, so we went to see the free coasters. Actually, the first time we saw you guys was a few months ago uh, when you uh, came by the with the Slackers. Yeah. And, uh, that was the first time I ever heard of you guys, and I absolutely fell in love with your music. I was like, yeah, the Slackers, legendary, I get it. But I remember messaging you, yeah. like, have you guys heard the opening band? And so I was, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I was, was so in love. sitting out there doing something, and I just popped it on Spotify, and I'm like, wow, he's right. These guys are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. That's so we sweet. missed the first band. I can't remember who they were. Uh, Sound System 7 that night. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I missed them. They're really yeah. sweet. Yeah, they're real they're sweet really guys. Good. They're around from, from somewhere around here. I don't know. Oh. I, I was talking to him about uh, trying to get a show set up, and uh, I don't remember if they were in Chapel Hill. He was giving me places all over. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have he's, lots of good venues. They were so yeah, sweet. Venues. So, but because he gave me such a variety of locations, I don't know where he's actually from. <laughs> if they were all in Durham, I'd know he was in Durham. I know he told me, but I, I cannot remember. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> uh. There's a great venue out there called the Cat's Cradle in, uh, yeah. in Car- 
Carborough. Yeah. Yeah. That place is, I've, you know, I've never gone there yet. So me neither. One of these days. Yeah. We were talking, we've talked, I've had two separate conversations on this tour about the, uh, like the decline of like rock radio and like the, mm-hmm. the telecommunications act mm-hmm. of 1996 and how like rock radio, like now clear channel that, that was mm-hmm. the law that, that cleared the way for clear channel to buy everybody's radio station. Right. And now there's yeah. no variety. Yeah. It sucks. And prior to that, I remember the cat's cradle sticks in my head because we had a DJ who worked overnight. Her name was cat. And I was like 12 years old. And, uh, God, she, I remember her. she had just moved to our area. She it was a, it was called storm one Oh six. And they'd play like, I used to be able to hear on commercial radio. That's like where I first heard like social distortion and like, oh, like actual yeah. punk music and stuff, you know? Um, but she worked the overnight and she played a live recording of Ben Folds Five doing the battle of who could care less before anybody knew who they were. Oh, wow. And she said, this is live. This, this band was the biggest band where I came from in Chapel Hill. And this is live at the cat's cradle. And it like blew my mind. And like, to this day, the cat's cradle is like, yeah. like that's it. That's, that must be a Mecca, right? Like, because I heard this yeah. when I was 12. So we, we have a few other places like that. Um, the milestone uh, became mm. after what, CBGB closed, one of the oldest punk clubs on the Eastern no Seaboard. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's Astro awesome. has a lot of cool venues. The uh, Orange Peel. Um, mm. Pretty cool. I am not a fan of the Orange Peel. Yeah, but way. I've seen some legendary shit there. Yeah. I just I saw mean, Ministry up there. Yeah. With... Uh, Corrosion of conformity and oh, the Melvins. Wow. Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah. Yeah. Your ears the Melvins are coming back. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. They yeah. are coming back to the oh. They also have the visual light in town too. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right on. yeah, it's very similar to the neighborhood where you guys play yeah. uh, okay. with cool slackers. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that might have been they, they were having some kind of problem with the slackers gig and then it got moved <laughs> to the neighborhood. I don't I don't that's that's where they used to play when they came through the, the visual light. Yeah. That might yeah. have been what happened. Yeah. 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 It I, sounds familiar. Yeah. We we were kinda on hold on that for a very long time because something was going on and then the venue had to move and, and it ended up at the neighborhood and, and it was it was perfect to me. I actually love that venue. They got yeah. yeah. The the people working there were so professional. Mm-hmm. And very they were sweet. so yeah. good to us, checking in with us all the time well, and we're like yeah. We're not used to that. Yeah, you know, they were waiting on the curb when we pulled up. Like normally, like you gotta like go park somewhere illegally, walk three blocks, ask where can I park. You know, yeah. like they were waiting Chase on the curb down. when we pulled up, and they said, "That's the slacker spot. That's your spot. Can we help you carry your stuff in?" Like, wow, wow, wow. okay. Well, during, so organized. During COVID, they completely redid that whole stage in that whole yeah. area. So, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I love it. it for, I love it. It's yeah. It's also walking now. distance from my house. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That helps too. <laughs> so I love it too. Yeah, love I it did fall people. down the stairs that night. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? I did. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> right after our like, set, getting off stage. Yeah. I'm like always like the first thing I do when I get off stage is I'm like, I have to get the fuck over to the merch table because we, we can't, we don't yeah. have room right. for a merch person, nor do we have a budget for a merch person. So I like run over there and I had my arms full of crap and it was really dark back there. And, um, the stairs on the stage kind of do like a little twisty yeah, thing. It takes a hard left. Like it's two steps and then it was a hard left. For it's the like, rest of the steps. it's like an eighth of a spiral staircase. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was right by the green room. And I like, you know, when you step down and you're like, here's the floor, that's going to yeah. be the floor. And it's just like nothing. <laughs> and I fell on my ass and I'm like, I just laid there for a minute. <laughs> Cause the slackers were there. They saw, they're like, Oh my God, Claire, are you okay? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, I'm like on my back and I'm just like, I could just die 
<laughs> the only, some embarrassment. The only thing that but, hurts is my tailbone and my ego. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm okay. I've taken way worse falls than that. So. I was going to ask you if you were drinking Jameson. You I wasn't drinking at all. <laughs> no, I used to skimboard when I was younger. So I, I like used to do that shit on purpose. No. <laughs> um, so how long is... Well, let's talk from the beginning. How, how, I know you guys have been around since around 13 or so. Yeah. Uh, you guys sell from Fort Myers, right? Mm-hmm. Fort, Fort Myers, Florida. So how did you guys start? How, how did it all begin? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, so going all the way back, we'll go to prehistoric times. Our original drummer and I, uh, his name's Scott. We had a band in like 2007, 2008, maybe even earlier than that. And uh, from the minute that that band broke up, I set about trying to start the next one. And it was a bunch of uh, Craigslist ads and uh, strange, strange people answering my ads. And my my girlfriend told me I had to get a, I had to go get a storage unit or something because I couldn't keep bringing people like that to her ass. I can't believe we actually had the nerve to also have a dating portion. I was like, what? Serial killer. <laughs> yeah, no it's kidding. Right. There, get, yeah. There's yeah. someone for everyone. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> they, they're not on Craigslist. <laughs> but uh, so uh, when I started kind of getting a couple of people interested at the same time, so it wasn't like false starts. Like I get one guy, but I couldn't get anybody else and then nothing would happen. But I had like two or three people at the same time. I went back to Scott from the old band. We, we go way back. Like I was in his wedding as, as a usher in his wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I went back to him and he had in the meantime, gotten married, you know, and had, had kids. And uh, he's like, I don't think I could be in a band. You know, I'd ask him every time I had somebody, he's like, I don't think I could be in a band. You know, it's just not the right time. And, um, but when I finally had a couple of people together, I'm like, no, you can't do it, but can you help me make a demo so I can show it to other people and be like, play it like this, you know? And, uh, we started rehearsing for a little while and then, uh, he kind of came down downstairs. He's like, I just talked to Megan. That's his wife. I just talked to Megan and we both agreed that I should be in this band. Okay. Let's hit the ground. Let's do it. So then we started writing music and we had like four or five pieces. We had two things that would, could have been done if we had a singer. And, um, uh, Scott had, we have this event that goes on. Is that once a month? The, the music walk is it every month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so a there's an event in downtown Fort Myers called Music Walk, and uh, it goes on once a month. And like uh, every place downtown will like hire a musician and like just put them on the sidewalk, or oh, if they have a stage, they have them on stage. Like there's just music everywhere. And Scott's like, we should go to Music Walk and see if we can find a singer. And uh, me, <laughs> I'm like the eternal pessimist, so I'm like anybody who's doing this already has a gig, you know what I mean? And like, we can't pay anybody. We don't have songs. Forget about gigs, you know? But he's like, yeah, but you know, you never know. So we went down there and uh, we walked around the whole night, you know, and then like the very last place we, we ended up was an actual venue that was doing an event with like multiple performers on it. And we walked in as Claire was performing on stage and we forgot we knew Claire because Scott and I used to live in a house together in 2003 <laughs> on a street called Victoria Avenue, which we eventually named a song after. And it was like a party punk house and all that. We had friends diagonally catty corner and they had a punk house called the Hoople house. <laughs> and uh, so people would end up there from the college and we'd meet people and, you know, people would kind of come and go. And it was like, that, I mean, not to digress from the story at all, but that little uh, three block vicinity was yeah. like, 
a punk rock culture hub. Yeah, it was cool. In Southwest Florida. Yeah, like, yeah. It was a tiny, tiny place, but that was where like all the scene kids hung out. They threw touring band punk shows, like house shows yeah. there a lot. So it was a really, really cool ass place. It, it, cool people. It all started because there was uh, this, the city <laughs> built a skate park down there. It was like city owned skate park. And there was like neighborhoods and like old, you know, like kind of rundown houses, low rent. And one of them was a big old, you know, like seven bedroom house that had been split into apartments. So all the guys who were working at the skate park were like, well, three or four of them, like Nevin and uh, Pat would got uh, apartments in that, that like split up house. And then eventually their friends moved in, even though they didn't work at the skate park. And uh, then they all kind of looked at each other, like between the lot of us, we're paying like $2,800 in rent. So that house down there is for rent right now for 700 bucks. It's got the same number of bedrooms. So they moved in there and then that became like, that was the hoopla house and they started having punk shows and stuff. And that was really cool. They, when the skate park closed, they couldn't do shows there anymore. It's like, we'll just do them in the living room. But anyway, um, uh, Claire was one of the people who had been like showing up at our parties for a little while. And then we kind of drifted off. As a matter of fact, Scott, recorded a uh like an ep for you of your solo music like a so, million years ago so my friends were going down to the Hoople house for those shows and stuff and um i would kind of like tag along and i've been playing music my whole life and so i would go to these things and it was just completely expanding my universe because i grew up in a really small town there wasn't a music store there there wasn't like there wasn't a music scene there. There was nothing. And I had to be bussed like 35 minutes out of town to go to high school kind of place. Oh, I would go nuts in that place. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what like, that's, that's why music became such a big deal when I was so young, because I was just in my room with it all the time. And so it was just, it was the thing that, that I, I loved the most. And I just, it kept me busy my whole life. So, um, like I was already drawn to that kind of atmosphere. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. I didn't like feel like super accepted in that scene. Cause I wasn't like, I mean, I, I've always just done whatever the hell I want, you know? And so I go wherever I want. I hang with whoever I want. And um, I kind of drifted in and out of that crowd a little bit, but my roommates would go down there. <clears throat> they eventually started dating some people in that scene. And um, I moved in with this girl who was friends with one of my best friends. They went to high school together. Her name was Megan. I remember us saying the name Megan <laughs> Yes. earlier. She started dating Scott. Um, who you also heard he's our original drummer. And they started dating when we were roommates. And he lived with us for like six months in our apartment when Victoria House. Yeah, the hurricane knocked the roof off. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was the incoming. That was the so Victoria House. House. Yeah. He had done like recordings for me as a solo artist because I'd been doing, I'd been playing out since I was 16 as a solo artist, like doing acoustic folk rock kind of Americana style things, you know, and I still do that now. It's still a big part of my life. And, um, that's how they knew me. And I had met yeah. John in passing probably a couple times playing soccer. Yeah. We played soccer <laughs> together. Um, cause the, all the punk rock kids would get together and we'd play soccer out in a field. Cause that's a super punk rock thing to do. <laughs> well, this, I mean, <laughs> this whole neighborhood was in the shadow of the reason it was so low rent was in like 1992, uh, the city bought up all these houses close to downtown and like demolished a lot of them and built a spring training park for the Boston Red Sox down there. Okay. So they had these big grass parking lots that used to be neighborhoods, but we would, because we lived in some of the houses that still, we'd play soccer in the 
big grass parking lots. Oh, so, yeah. And we also, when the hurricane came, we we had a ditch slip and slide, which is a huge, huge, <laughs> huge mistake. There was, I wasn't a part of that. Uh, there, were, there were two separated shoulders <laughs> and multiple cases of ringworm. So that was a very oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Shame I missed it. <laughs> yeah, but it was, was fun. Was that the, the week of the plague? Like, I remember there was some. No, like, that came later. That oh, came okay, later. I remember that. <laughs> but no, this was somebody's, uh, it was Kira. Kira, who we're going to stay with. Her, yeah. her dad had covered uh, his garden with visqueen, like, sheet and had the whole rest of the box. It was, like, 120 feet. So there's, like, 75 like linear feet of like plastic sheeting left. Oh my God. So like we had the world's longest slip and slide. Like you would run <laughs> 200 feet and dive onto this and you would seriously slide a hundred feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Holy insane. Hell. Yeah. And I we were using that. ditch water from the hurricane. It was yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But, ditch water. Yeah. <laughs> that's a new band. Yeah. Ditch water. Ditch water. But, but uh, anyways, out of the prehistoric times, fast forward to us downtown, we walked in and Claire was performing. It's like, how in the world did we forget about Claire? And I'd only heard the recordings and it was like more folky stuff. And I'm like, well, can she do like the, the kind of soul thing? He's like, dude, she can do the kind of soul thing. Trust me. So he went, he went and talked to her. So yeah, I like I grew up on, on soul music. I wasn't singing a lot of it back in that, in that time frame, but it was a big part of my musical influence. But I would, I would wail because I was also fans of like, female Americana rock singers, like powerful women. And so um, that became a part of how I performed. And um, yeah, I've, I hadn't seen Scott in probably four years. He, yeah. I think you guys were there with Clark, weren't you? Yeah. His son, their yeah. son. Yeah. He was like three, three years old or something like something that. Something like that sounds like. Last time I had seen Megan, she was pregnant with him. So. Yeah. Wow. No kidding. That's crazy. So and then, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, I only sang two songs that night and it happened to were be you doing like. doing a solo? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I was, I actually wasn't going to go that night. I was oh, wow. invited to perform down there and I was going to go to this other thing to support a band I knew in this guy in the, in the scene that I admired back then. He made some post on Facebook and he's like, you know, it's crazy how we go out of our way to support other people's art, but we don't support our own and we don't, we don't back ourselves up the way we back other people up. And I looked at that and I was like, going to flake on that show. And I was like, cause it was only two songs and I wanted to go to the other show and hang out with people and stuff. And then I was like, you know what? He's right. I need to like, I need to make the right decision and I need to back myself up tonight. And then I ran into them. It's the weirdest thing. Isn't that crazy? I'm glad he uh, made that post thing. Cause it's yeah. serendipity. Seven yeah. minutes. I was saying, I went to a, a 10 year anniversary show of that. Um, it's like a, it's like a collective of artists and performers and they showcase people and so you can come out and network and meet fellow artists and stuff. It's a really cool thing that they do. And, um, and I was like two songs, what is that? Like seven minutes, seven minutes of like giving yourself a chance. Yeah. yeah. That's like nothing, but look what it became. Yeah, it became the right, yeah, right place yeah. at the right time. Yeah, I know just, yeah. we caught six minutes of that seven minutes, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's so much of what life is anyway. Like you got to give yourself every seven minute like interval that is offered to you because if you don't, then you like, you're just on autopilot. Right. Yeah. That's great. Your uh, whole life. Yeah, no kidding. So did it take a lot of convincing from them? Or? Well, she had Scott. questions. <laughs> you want me to play reggae music? Well, I'd never played reggae music. I wasn't into reggae music back then because all I knew of reggae music was like my parents owned a legend, you know, yeah, yeah. on vinyl and 
all of the reggae bands around us were like white Midwestern kids that yeah. were singing in a fake patois. Yeah. And I would look at that and like, I've, I've grown a lot as a person in this band. And, but even back then I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. What is that? They're not from Jamaica. Like it just, it just felt, and it still feels, it's always felt gross to me when people take on an accent that doesn't belong to them. Yeah. You know, it kind of has a minstrel show kind of feel. Yeah, absolutely. But it kind of like caricaturizes a a real human being, (laughs) you know, like without like a real culture of people that actually speak that way. And it's just, I don't know. And, and live that. um, Yeah. It only really bugs me when it's like, they're thanking jaw for the herb and it's like, well, it's kind of somebody's religion, man. You know what I mean? Like kind of lay off of that part, you know, the jaw part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. No, I, I I know what you mean because it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's insulting. I mean, yeah, it really yeah, is. It's, yeah. it's hands down, it's insulting. Yeah. So she yeah. was like, you're not going to make me sing like with an accent, right? <laughs> yeah, I said that. I was like, I don't have to sing with like a fake Jamaican accent, right? And they're like, no, no, we don't want you to do that. Either. And I was like, I always said, I don't want to. And like, no, we don't want you to do that either. I'm like, okay, well, I don't really know anything about this music. And and Scott was like, well, well what we want to do is like, you like soul music? I was like, yeah, I love soul music. He's like, you know, like Otis Redding. Aretha Franklin. And I was like, Oh hell yeah, that sounds fun. Like that sounds really fun. And so, um, I was into some Neo soul stuff back then too. I still am, you know? Um, and so I had them learn a Joss Stone cover, um, a song called like super duper love. Billy. Yeah. It's <laughs> Joss Stone's covering it too. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, uh, like I had them learn that song, um, in their style and they sent me some of their demos and I was listening through some of them. I was like, damn, like this band's like a real band. <laughs> they, they want me to to sing for them. And I'd never really, I'd had that opportunity once before, but it was like a cover funk band kind of situation. And, um, but this was more in line with like what I wanted to do, write songs and play in a band and put my songs out there stuff. You know, my whole life I had, I'd gone from thinking I could do anything and I, I, I'd gone into a place where like, I didn't think I could do anything, you know? Yeah. And so I was slowly like creeping my way back towards the person that I think I'm probably meant to be, um, with the person who, who plays music for people and sings and writes songs. It was a person that I was becoming when I was 13, you know, but in my twenties, I kind of gave up on it for a while and then I started coming back to it. And that's what that, um, that artist collective, gave people the opportunity to do. And I was, I was doing that for a few years and then I met them. So I was in a good place to join a band back then. And it sounded like they learned it in more in the style. Like that we still play that song. Yeah. Yeah. We pull it out. Super duper love. If we get uh, an encore and we don't have anything at all left, like, well, we we never play super duper love, so we can do that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like that night um, we just did a little demo of it and it sounded like it felt, like chemistry was there. It felt magical. And we sent that demo to Jesse Wagner, mm-hmm. um, along with Just a couple of our originals that we had finished by that point. I came in with lyrics after yeah, that, that practice. Too. I was, I was waiting for my opportunity to interject that. Like, <laughs> like you hear there's this, there's this story and I don't know if it's apocryphal, but about the cranberries where, uh, they put up an ad in the local record store or whatever, you know, and they left the demo or whatever it was. And, uh, uh, I, I, 
based on her name. What's her name? Dolores. Dolores Reardon. Yeah. I knew a Reardon. But uh, Dolores, you know, saw the flyer, got the thing, and showed up at the first rehearsal, the audition, with the lyrics to Linger. Oh. You know, like, she showed up with Linger done. And, like, they're That's like, okay, true. well, we're set. We're good to go. We're, let's do it. And we had sent her two demos, and she sent us the one recording, and she showed up with lyrics for Fallback and Little Havana, and, like, the songs were done. And it's like, oh, so she, this is a chorus. I didn't know this was a chorus, but obviously this is a chorus. I didn't know that this was, oh, but obviously it is. And, like, the songs were done. And it's like, oh, okay, well. If you'll come back, we're a band. Will you please come that's, back? You know, that's a really cool story. Yeah, like, yeah. The way that, like, because like the the you know the, the like you said the uh, the compatibility is probably you know was already there just yeah. from mm-hmm. yeah. both having the creative talents that you have. So exactly, that's really cool. Yeah. And what was really exciting to me coming like I in my young years, like I was listening to punk rock and stuff, and I was going to like, um, what is that festival? Time of Warp Tour? Yeah, I was I'm like, see, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like early. brain dead. Yes. Warp Tour was awesome, though. Yeah. <laughs> and I was illegally downloading stuff on Napster at that point. Yeah. Like, Napster was, and LimeWire. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Reason, the reason yeah. my computer crashed. Yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's computer. Yeah. The virus. That's how I learned about viruses. Yeah. Yeah. So I was into that music when I was young, but I got really into Ani DeFranco and, and um, that kind of music for a while. Lilith Fair. <laughs> that's what i said to scott when like uh, doesn't she do like lilith fair stuff it's like she can do this whole thing well, recently <laughs> i discovered that some of those artists are um they, they the that's not a genre but it's typically referred to us uh singing in cursive uh, oh, no, sh- that, yeah that, that, so we actually want to do an episode because I was, I was like i've never heard of that that's a really and cool a bunch of most of the uh, obviously all female and most of them come from that lilith fair sort of yeah. genre kind interesting of coffee shop yeah, kind of they, vibe. Uh, yeah well they uh regina specter's kind of given okay. the, the, the she started the whole thing okay uh, but it's yeah. cool oh. it's really interesting anyway, yeah that's a that's a, a that it does feel like a like you say that and like you know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, like it does fit, even though you've never. Heard. Yeah. Um, well, what I was gonna say was that like that was my background at that point, so I had a little exposure to it. But um, when I joined the band, uh, John and Scott were like so so passionate and so educated about ska music, the history of ska music, the history of reggae music, um, that it would like, and I love learning. So it was exciting to be in a band where I felt like I was learning all the time and I was learning how to respect the music that I didn't really understand yet. And I was learning, um, like the rich history of it. So, um, like that was, that was really an exciting part for me. And it continues to be an exciting part. Every time we go on tour, we're in the van and John's playing stuff I've never heard before. And whenever we bring new people into, into the band, we go through that same experience often all over again um, when we teach people how to do like the style of music that we're doing. Yeah. And every time, sorry to cut you off. Every time we have no, to you're... get to uh, the, the skinhead reggae rhythm, we have to give an explanation. Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> first time I heard skinhead, I was out on Pine Island and Scott's like, he lives in a stilt house out there at the time. Yeah. And Pine Island is island. like swampy redneck. Oh, yeah. Like, I, you know, it's a cool place, but it's like, it's definitely out a ways right. and there are a lot of bugs and mosquitoes and you're out in the woods and you're in this sweaty little under house 
yeah. shed thing. <laughs> Has a deliverance kind of feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're talking the about start playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the mosquitoes are buzzing, and uh, and the box fans are blowing, and uh, <laughs> and the, and they say the word skinhead to you, and I'm looking around, and I'm looking at all the exits, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, how the fuck do I get out of here? <laughs> So everybody, everybody we've we've had come out has had to pardon. Yeah, has had questions about what do you mean skinhead, skinhead, yeah. skinhead rhythm. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny your story because we're telling it parallels pretty much identically how with my experience with a pod, with this podcast because both him and Amanda, our third uh, host, mm-hmm. are huge um, uh, Scott fans. They knew mm-hmm. we actually. I think it was the weekend before we saw you guys for the first time. We had just done an episode on first and second wave of ska. Oh, wow, and cool. now I love it. Like all I knew was maybe third wave and mm-hmm. not in the best of lights. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. But yeah. through them now, but like I have a massive ska record collection. Because awesome. I just absolutely fell in love I with it. Very jealous. You bought that toasters and record last <laughs> night. Yeah. Jealous is a, is a mild Word yeah, for yeah. how you expressed how you were feeling. I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> well, you said the same about that Amy Winehouse uh, yeah. that uh, from Two Tone Records. So Amy Winehouse has a whole sky record. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 it's awesome. Awesome. Every time we go out together, either uh, myself, Amanda, and him to go out shopping for vinyl, yeah. he's found it, and Amanda's found it. And it was right underneath my nose oh. both times, and I missed it. So, oh, no. yeah, your day will come. Yeah. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> so, what happened from there? Did you guys? How did you guys get the rest of the members? Uh, so, yeah, um, that they was were basically assembled. Yeah, yeah when that I was, got there, that was basically but... assembled. Uh, the the guy who answered my ad and stuck around, you know, like through other guys not working out, it would be like somebody would answer the ad and they'd want to do it. And then we'd, other people wouldn't work out and they'd be like, well, this is taking too long and they'd kind of move on. And this person was Saul, our original uh, lead guitar player. And he stuck it out while we went through a bunch of other guys who weren't going to work out. And then we found David who's going to play keys. Miss, Miss Saul, Miss I, David, Miss both I, of those. I, uh, I know. But, um, so when, once I had Saul and David, now I had keys, I had guitar, bass, I needed drums and we could start doing. So that was, that was where, where it all started. Once we got uh, those two guys talked Scott into at least helping me make the demo. Scott decided to join the band and then we went and found Claire. So we were, we were set. We just added trombone in the last, I guess, since the pandemic, you know, was, in the last year yeah, was, yeah. A, was an idea. Like we had some on the record. We wanted to kind of be able to do more of that Memphis horns kind of stuff yeah. going forward as we write new stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, well, instead of borrowing people and asking for people, and then we go out on the road and live without it. Why don't we write organically and get a guy, you know, like a guy to be in the room while we write, you know? So one yeah. of the things I learned while we were doing our sky episode, which was news to me is, um, that obviously Scott predates reggae mm-hmm. as we know mm-hmm. it. And, um, it, it, it pretty much was directly influenced by British people through American mm-hmm. soul, um, music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, R&B and that's and mostly what you guys, um, mm-hmm. take the inspiration from, mm-hmm. right? So can you tell us about that? How did you, how did you select that genre? How did you come to that sound? Yeah, it was, you know, like, like it's, 
we, we weren't necessarily like covering new ground. Like when, when I listen to the Agrolites, I can hear like LA funk in there. Like mm-hmm. I can hear a lot of like war in the Agrolites, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, they were obviously a going concern before we got started in like Westbound Train. You hear a lot of like Motown and like in their later stuff right before they kind of, where they kind of went on hiatus, like some of the Philly sound kind of coming in. And I'm like, it doesn't feel to me like anybody's doing that swampy like Memphis thing, which is to me even more direct, you know, like that's, right. that's like the New Orleans and the Memphis stuff is like kind of what they could get on the on the AM radio down there that was kind of mixing in with you know with with the jazz and uh like like uh so the elevator pitch was always like like Aretha Franklin goes on vacation to Jamaica and decides to make a record while she's down there with these like Jamaican cats or like vice versa. Jimmy Cliff goes, goes to, to Memphis right, and he wants right. to make a record. You know what I mean? He's like, got to teach these, he's got to teach, he goes to muscle shoulders. He's got to teach the swampers real fast right. how to play reggae. We're going to make you know, like I think like that was the elevator pitch, you know, I didn't realize till later that, that, uh, that kind of, kind of already happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> Saber did make a record in Memphis and, uh, uh, Jimmy Cliff. Yeah, Jimmy Cliff for that matter. But, uh, um, specifically, uh, 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 is it, I'll take you there. Yeah. I'll take yeah, you David there. Hood. Yeah. I'll, I'll take you there by the Staples singers. Boom. I had, all, I just Boom. never Boom. looked Boom. into Boom. it. It's the same rhythm as liquidator mm-hmm. by Harry J all stars. And I just assumed, cause so much of that is the Jamaican cats making an instrumental out of an American tune. So I just, but when you look at the years that the records came out, that liquidator was the original and David hood, the bass player had just heard the tune and like the stable singers and you know, whoever, you know, the songwriter, the session, whoever's running the session or screwed around on something. And David hood just starts playing liquidator. Yeah. You so know? they were like listening to <laughs> reggae music, you yeah. know? So David so. hood was jamming on reggae music of, of the time, right. you know? So he's, he's just playing liquidator on the bass over there. And uh, you know, maybe Mavis is like, what's that? That's the thing we need to, we need to work on that. Like scrap this. And they wrote a song over the top. Of right. So it's like, Oh, they're already doing the thing that, <laughs> that already happened <laughs> right. in, in real time, you know? But, but anyway, that was the idea was like, like that's the stuff that always turned me on the most, like, like some of the Motown stuff, like, and I love it. I mean, it's like, we listen to uh, what's going on back to front, like three times mm-hmm. every tour. But, um, like I still love all that Motown stuff, but like to me, like the the Memphisy stuff, the the Muscle Shoals stuff is like, like I don't know, somehow like truer. Like it just feels more like the human experience right. sometimes in the Motown, which feels like you know polished pop, you know some cliche kind of stuff. You know, I think there's like more there's more soul in it. You know, more yeah. blues. Yeah, whatever it is that we're talking about, the difference between you know, the blues and soul music, like that little amount of church that you got to add in there to get from yeah. the blues to soul. Like that's, that's closer to the core in the the Southern stuff than it is in the Motown stuff. So like, that was the idea is like, let's do like kind of like what Westbound's doing with Motown, but like, let's do that with the Southern thing, you know? Yeah. That so, makes sense. Yeah. And that's where we're from, you know? Right. So, and being in, in, in Florida, it's kind of cool too. Cause it's like, you're out on on the beach, you're in these tropical vibes, like for about 18 miles either way. And then there's a big 140 mile <laughs> section in the middle where it's just sugarcane farming and it's the South, you know, right. but like, you know, that's, yeah, but it's like, <laughs> and then you get across it and then you're back to the beach, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's a place where both of those things, the tropics and like the actual South are kind of happening at the same time, you know? Right. So, uh-huh. yeah, because when we say the South, because we did an, also an episode yeah. on the other Southern rock, so mm. Southern rock that doesn't sound like Southern rock, mm. and we actually debated, should we consider Florida as the South? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're yeah. like, well, yeah, they're in the South. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think I think I did bring up 
less than Jake in that episode. So that's, uh, yeah, that's you Florida. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. 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 Gainesville cats. Yeah. So you guys have two albums so far. Yeah. Yeah. Was um, is it Jesse Wagner from yep. the Echo Lights? He produced both of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We reached out to him like, like she was starting to say when we we had just demoed out. You know, more credit where credit is due. There's this there's this band from Florida from the early '90s, like '91, '92, that were on um, uh, when they were around. They were on uh, Moonska, and they were called Magadog. And Scott's my old band, going back to the prehistoric times. Had to like played with them like once or twice when they were kind of getting it back together. And um, their lead singer, Ed Lowry reached out to me. He was putting out a compilation record and he's like, can I put some of this old Brentford sound? That's the old band. Some of this old Brentford sound stuff on the comp. I'm like you absolutely can. But if you give me two, three weeks, I might be able to get you something new. Cause I got a new thing going and he waited, he held it off and we got, you know, that was kind of an impetus yeah. for us to like, put it on tape. Let's like, let's get, get this demo gun. Cause like we can get it on a comp. We haven't even played a show. We can be on a comp and like people can hear it, you know? And because now we had this good demo, like we had this, we were sitting on it. It's like, Oh, it sounds pretty good. Like Scott, again, the optimist to my pessimist, like is like just blindly reached out to Jesse Wagner. Like he messaged him on Facebook. Have you ever produced a record? Well, I mean, kind of like we all kind of produce the Agalites records. Yeah. But have you ever produced another band? Like, right. no, I never, would you ever want to, I guess? Yeah. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, so we sent him the recordings and, <laughs> and he heard, he heard enough there that he's like, he, he could work with it. So we flew him down to Florida. He stayed with Scott for, I think that time was 10 days. The second record, we only spent a week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he stayed with Scott for 10 days and uh, we made a record, you know, That's awesome. when we went to make the second one, we're like, let's do the same thing. Let's do, everything worked out so great. Let's bring Jesse down. Let's have him crash with us. Let's get a studio. Let's make a record. You know? We were a lot more prepared the next record. Yeah, the though. second time we were more The first record, I feel like a lot of it was rushed because we were like, oh shit, we have this deadline. We got to get these songs written um, we're fitting it into Jesse's touring gap. Like it was yeah. what he had available. Right. And it's like, it's May that's September. You know, we've got five and pieces of three more. So there's eight. So yeah. now we need to finish those three and get four from whole cloth. You know, don't exist at all. Yet. We'd been a band at that point for like three months. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like we, we formed in like February of 2014 fully. Yeah. Like yeah. I joined in February of 2014. I got married that April. So I was out for like a month of that. And then we recorded in September. Yeah. It was September. Yeah. Oh yeah. And in between there, my father died. So I took another like few weeks away from the band. And so like really we only had about three months of writing on that record and we had just like all met each other, you know, (laughs) and like really like the whole band had just all like, so a lot of that record like, I'm really proud of it for what it is, but, like, um, the second record, having taken a lot more time yeah. um, to more write it. Intentionality. There was a, the yeah, there was a lot more time and intentionality, but, you know, we took three years instead of three months to right. write that one. And I think you can hear the difference in the sophistication of it. Like, we're really, really proud of that record. Yeah. And we were better players by the time we made this one, too, because it was several years after after the first we one played about 250 shows mm-hmm. in between too. So that that'll tighten you up. Yeah. I learned how to play rhythm guitar for reggae music. <laughs> I didn't know how to do that. I had to, I'd been playing guitar since I was like 11, 12 years old, but doing that and singing at the same time for this kind of music is like doing brain surgery in the beginning. Like you're, you're accenting different right. things, different beats. And it's just, it was, it was a challenge, but our new guitar player back home, Constantine was, 
you know, like kind of trying to brush up on and get some reggae under his hands. And he's like listening to Claire and like what he's able to do. He's like, she's got the left hand of God. On <laughs> she's so good at this. You know? Yeah. You have, yeah. I mean, you do have quite the presence on stage. Oh, on stage. thank you. Yeah, Cause I remember um, we were like, uh, my girlfriend, when we saw you at the, at the Slackers show, my girlfriend was like, oh my God, she's so amazing. I was like, I know. We're all like, just, I mean, everybody was, but just your stage on presence was, was pretty you. noticeable. Yeah. Um, and then the first album was self-released, right? And the yeah. second one, you guys uh, released yeah. it through a label. Yeah, we put it out with Jump Up. Uh, we had, when the first record came out, we had reached out to Chuck to ask if he would carry it, if we could send him some copies. And he's like, yeah, sure. You know, like, uh, and, and so we just kind of got it into his distro. So we sent him 25 and slowly they trickled out. We sent him 25 more and slowly those trickled out. And, uh, he reached out kind of like blindly and, and asked like, is there another record coming? Cause like, maybe we could get involved, you know? And like, well, it's not coming yet. We had plans to make, he's like, well, get in touch with me when you do. And we didn't, cause that's the kind of person I am, I guess, it's, you know, I don't know. Even somebody who can really help me, I'm not going to ask for help. Even somebody who said, let me know when I can help you. Give me a date when I can help you. I'm still not going to ask that guy for help. I don't know why. So anyway, we had made the record. We were sitting on the record and, uh, the, uh, like we had made the record and we weren't ready to release it. We didn't have the money to release it. And then he reached back. I was like, I think I saw on Instagram that Jesse was down there. Did you make this record? Like, yes, we did. He's like, aren't we putting this record out? I'm like, Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if, if you're bringing it up, right. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. And then the pandemic hit and we, we had been sitting on it for maybe six months while art was happening and mixing and mastering and all that. Roger Rivas mixed and mastered it. Um, and it, I think it sounds great. And yeah, uh, yeah. we, we had a lot of like kind of starts and stops with the art and we just like, get real precious with it. Like, but I feel like it paid off this time, but like you could easily get the, as precious as we got and then end up at the band falling apart and you never release your record. Right. But, uh, um, yeah, I love, I mean, but we were waiting on the album art for a while, but like, I feel like it was really worth it. I feel like the artwork on the, on the cover of this record is really, really special. And it's exactly what I was hoping to see yeah. for album art because the, the music felt so special that, um, when John and I were talking about it, like, I, and I know I really wanted something that felt a little bit more fine art, mm -hmm. a little bit more, um, uh, detailed and symbolic of something. And his girlfriend, John's girlfriend, Kate, um, her, one of her college friends, Eva Langston, um, isn't, is a fine artist. And he's like, why don't we check out some of her art? And so we looked at her Instagram and her style was like beautiful. It was intricate and subtle and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not frail, but like, um, delicate, delicate. Yeah. It's yeah thank exactly you. Right. Yeah. And she listened to what we were, we were wanting and she drew up a couple of mock-ups and then we settled on this design with the girl it's gorgeous, with yeah. her hand on her forehead because of like the a, heat because of the heat because yeah like <laughs> like a like a lady in the south might faint you know in the <laughs> summer like i might do when i walk out of your house today <laughs> it is not as, and we yeah, didn't want something that was like on the nose so like i mean i'm looking at it now on on the table here where we're talking and she um her idea for the passion flower was like perfect we didn't want palm trees we didn't want a beach scene right they just that all just felt like i don't want to say hokey because it is a part of florida but florida's so 
so much more than that. It's a big state. Yeah. There's so many sides to that state, like like many states have. And um, it was it was just perfect. We wanted it to be steamy and a little bit sad and wistful because a lot of the songs, like if you dig into the lyrics, they're um, they're kind of intense. I think I was going through some intense things and we were writing about it and some of them might sound like a little bit upbeat or very upbeat, but they're, um, they're about some serious stuff, like some real shit. Yeah. And are you guys working on a third album now? Yeah. So we, um, we, we kind of, we kind of shook up the whole lineup. Uh, the pandemic did a number to us, the being in a small town kind of did a number to us. And, uh, we've just got, the, the cats we've got in the rehearsal room now, we are just so excited. Oh like, my God. <laughs> about everything we're about. We're excited about playing the shows. We're excited about doing the work. We're excited about doing the touring. And we were just like dying to get in the room and start writing. So like we, we booked all of these, these tours for this year. We have three of them this year. And like we get home from these tours and take a week off. And then it's like, all right, we got three Mondays where we can write. And then we got to start preparing for the next tour again, you know? So it's, it's slow going so far, but we got pieces of four or five things, I think. Five yeah. or six even. Yeah. And about the lineup that we, that we have, I know you hate when I call it a lineup. You like when I it's say the band. it's the band, it is the band, <laughs> but you know, we've had a lot of different people who didn't work out in this band and like we keep going anyway. And I think that many bands have different, some bands stay together forever and they think that if they're, if they lose a person, then it's all over. But like, I want to give John a lot of credit for keeping the show on the road, like literally with, with our band and not giving up and like having just a couple people be game for that while we work through who's the right fit, who isn't the right fit. Like right now it feels like, like our, after our last tour, when we met you guys um, uh, a couple months ago, that was our first like real tour with like pretty much the whole, yeah. the whole new group. Yeah. And we get back from that two week tour where we've got a show every single day and no days off. Yeah. We get home from that and Nick, our trombonist, um, he's like, you guys want to do a cookout tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Nick, we all want to hang out the day yeah. we get back. You get, you get home from tour and, <laughs> and it's like, maybe in two weeks I won't want to kill these people. Yeah, that's like normally, <laughs> normally what it's like to get back from tour. Yeah. And we, we had made the, we had made like the call, like the, the last gig was like three hours away from town and we had a crash pad in the town we were playing it was like three hours from home. Uh, and uh, we kind of made the call at the gig, like, it was a earlier downbeat than we thought it would be. So we we're going to get out a little earlier than we thought it would be. It's like, we could make a run for it and get home tonight. You know what I mean? It's like, everybody's like, yeah, let's, let's do that. So, uh, we're driving back and they were like about an hour out of town. And Nick was sitting in the seat right behind me. He's in the, the captain's chair right behind the driver's seat. And he kind of leans forward. He's like, do you have a grill? I'm like, yeah. He's like, why don't we all have a cookout at John's house? I'll, I'll make Greek food. It's like, yeah, yes. <laughs> like, this is like, I started crying. I'm like, I'm actually crying. Like, you we, did. We, we all want to be around each other. This is incredible. You know? You're such a Pisces. <laughs> Like that we want to be around each other. It's just incredible. I'll never cry over you just so we're clear. Uh, <laughs> maybe in secret, but <laughs> I would cry over, over you. Here, so, yeah. But there's uh, some really exciting parts that are happening in some of the music that we're writing too. Yeah. Like some things that um, our guitarist, Constantine, he and Nick are brothers and they've been involved in music for a very long time. And Constantine really has a, um, a knack for, the Southern soul rock, mm -hmm. um, blues 
thing that we're going for. So I have a feeling, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon about the stuff we're writing, but there's some really interesting, beautiful parts that he's coming up with that I think are going to allow us to dig into a little bit more of that side of our influences. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, me too, for sure. For sure. Yeah. His, his, one of his heroes is Dwayne Allman and like Dwayne Allman, the Allman brothers Mm -hmm. and like the early, early Allman brothers kind of being real psychedelic, you know, and, uh, but Dwayne getting his start doing session work with the Swampers and playing on like, you know, uh, Wilson Pickett records and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, like, so I think like from a young age, I think Constantine like respected the versatility of that and like the interplay of how those, cause it was one of his guys, you know, like everybody's got their guys and that's one of right. his guys. So I think, uh, I think that makes him a perfect fit, you know? Yeah. And I'm especially excited because a lot of my influences lean more towards like that. Um, or like the, a lot of the list, the music listening I did even as a child was like Creedence Clearwater Revival mm-hmm. and Bonnie Raitt mm-hmm. and, um, like some of my vocal idols are like Susan Tedeschi. And so like, there's a lot of that that I'm really hoping to lean into because a lot of my solo music is, is on the Americana side. And so, um, and all of that kind of, it, it's all intertwined in the South. So I'm really, really stoked to explore more of that too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And speaking of the tour, where, where, where are your next stops? So now you're going to Raleigh after this. Yeah, so we got Raleigh today and uh, Washington, D.C. after that, New York City, um, two dates in Connecticut. And I think after the two dates in Connecticut, we got two in Maryland that were, I think, just suddenly are up in the air. We don't know if they're happening. So okay. Yeah, we're hoping so. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you book something and then you stop hearing from people. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so we're going to hopefully chase that down. Yeah, so. yeah. Was there anything else you guys wanted to mention before? Actually. Think, yeah. Great. Um, in March we did something I think is cool. Uh, oh, the, the Christmas stuff. Yeah. yeah I'm Christmas really excited about that stuff. <laughs> um, so Chuck hit us up and he's like, Hey, um, cause we had done like for fun, we had done a Christmas single, like the oh, year we boy. made our first record. Like 2015, 2016. Yeah. Like and that, we yeah. were just like fooling around with some of the stuff, like some of the, um, we learned a lot from Jesse Wagner when he came out and, and produced us. So um, we kind of wanted to use some of those. I do too. He's, he's truly one of the kindest, most beautiful people that I think I've ever met. And one of the most talented and humble at the same time, he's everyone's best friend. The moment you meet him, I think. Before we had met him, my, my, I, it's, Another long digression, my boss, where I used to work, uh, it turned out he was playing The Clash one day when I walked into work. I'm like, oh, shit, you're getting into The Clash. And he's like, we started talking about music, we're into all the same things. And it turns out he's into the agro-lights. And uh, he tells me a story when I told him that we, you know, told him about the band and then later told him we were making a record and Jesse was going to produce it. And uh, he starts telling me a story. He's like, I saw them in Cleveland and Jesse's, I guess Jesse must be from Ohio because his whole family was there. Yeah, he's got family there. And, uh, my, my boss's name was Phil. He's like, my son Scott was like, you know, trying to like wait in the meet and greet line, trying to meet him. You know what I mean? And the bouncers start clearing the room and the bouncers are like, everybody's got to go, got to go and trying to get me and Scott out of there. And, uh, you know, Jesse's like, well, this is, this is my family over here. And he's like, all right, well, you guys can stay. You guys all got to go. And like, Jesse could see that 
this kid was the next. He's like, well, you can't throw out my 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 cousin Jimmy or whatever. You know? <laughs> so Phil, Phil and Scott got to hang out. You know what I mean? Like, had never hadn't even spoken to him yet. He was like waiting in line to kind of meet him. You know what I mean? Like, don't tell him. And Phil told me this story. You know, and uh, like, well, he seems like a great guy, and he is absolutely that guy. <laughs> you know, like when I did finally get to meet him when he right. came down. You know, he, he was absolutely on point. Like, yeah, he was exactly that guy. You know? Yeah, like, we uh, learned like. He was really great working with us in the studio. We learned a lot and he was like cool about the way he showed it to us. So it was a really good learning environment. So we wanted to try and record a thing with all of the, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. those gifts that he gave us, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, um, so we recorded a Christmas song for fun and, and Chuck was like, you guys had that Christmas song back in like 2015. Yeah. Would you guys want to like re-record that and re-release it or something? And we're like, yeah, we could do that. And then, um, and then he, he, he was going to put somebody else on the B side and he's like, well, I don't know who I would put on it. Um, I yeah. don't remember what exactly he said when to we, you. We send him, we send him the recording again. He just remembered vaguely that we'd done it. I sent him the recording mm-hmm. and, and, uh, I'm like, I don't think it, the performance is, you know, good enough. The recording quality is good enough. He's like, I think we could put this out as it is. And I'm like, well, I can't with, I mean, I got new guys in the band. Like yeah. it'd be, we didn't want to do like, that. We're not going to do that. And he's like, all right, well, if you're going into the studio, you got to give me a B-side too, because I can't put a band on the other side. That's what he said. He's like, I can't put another band on the other side of this. Like, it it wouldn't nice be compliment. fair. Yeah, it was very sweet of him. Though. That's awesome. I don't want to go to my head, but it was very sweet. So of that's him, coming so. out soon? That'll be coming out in, I guess, November. Yeah. 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 He's going to try to get it out just in time for Christmas. So. It's going to be a little, a 45. Yeah. 45. Yeah. 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 yeah for you for collectors out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about it because I love Christmas songs. Yeah. Like, I do too. I love <laughs> finding new Christmas songs. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. same old boring songs over and over. I like finding yeah. something new. So, I would yeah. have loved to have written one for this, but yeah. we just didn't have the time. Yeah. So um, we recorded, uh, we re-recorded that song. Uh, which is Stevie Wonder. What uh, what Christmas means to me. Yeah, oh, yes. But I'm really, really excited about the other song that we chose to do is Donny Hathaway. This Christmas. Oh. Yeah. It excited. turned out, like, I'm really proud. Of it. I love it. I so. cannot wait to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's the first thing on tape with, like, the, the new band. So, like, right. it's, like, the first step in the direction of what I think the record's going to be. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's cool. cool. We're excited about it. Yeah, it'll hold us off until the album actually comes out. Yeah, well, that's, exactly. that's exactly how it came up. Was I was talking to Chuck, and we were, you know, we knew the the record was going to sell. We we're going to need to do a new pressing. We knew that uh, we wanted to put out a new record and the timeline. Like, when can we get it recorded? How long will it be sitting in production before it's available? And it's like I don't want to go like three and a half years between records, like we did the first two, and have people kind of forget about us. So I was kind of talking to him about like, what do we do in the meantime? And that's when he's like, you guys did that Christmas single. Would you do a thing like that? You know? And it's like, so that's, that's actually how it came up was like trying to space it out and stay relevant and stay productive. You know, we're talking about doing a, a live recording. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, too, so. It might be a little arrogant so for a band with two, with only two albums to do a live album, but <laughs> no. we'll do some of our favorite covers on it. Right, I was yeah, say, exactly. Some covers on there. Yeah. 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 Like but, we did- um, Marvin Gaye cover you guys yeah. did. We were well, was awesome. Yeah, when yeah. we when we toured last spring, um, we were playing Motown up in Motown, and we were like, <laughs> and people were like, you know, that was like some audacity, yeah. you know. But <laughs> didn't you Gina Navarro say that? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Gina Navarro was like, him. like a lot of people come into Motown and want to play some Motown, and it's kind of hey, you no, know, maybe yeah. don't step on it, you know. But that you guys Holy impressed. Shit. You did yeah. all right. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah. A lot awesome. of those artists that were on. Motown are actually all from the South. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was actually kind of reading about like, 
like the the history of that and like the great migration and like you know people coming from the south to the north for the jobs and the factories going up to the you know it's how the blues kind of spread up the river too it's the yeah. same idea you your know? observation about that when somebody at slack fest i think was it yeah. slack fest yeah. or was it at the blind pig it was at the blind pig said that we had a real like midwestern, midwestern. sound yeah like, like i wouldn't hear that you and know? so like no. john was pondering no. that and he's like it's it's the Mississippi River. Yeah, right. what you're hearing is the river. Like to us, it's the South. To you, it's the Midwest because you're in Michigan. Right. And, you know, go yeah. from how do I get to the Mississippi from here? I go through the Midwest. You know, yeah. like, but uh, but yeah. all that all that music traveled up. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of you know the Great Migration from the South. You know, like yeah. the, the the first generation. You know, children of freed slaves, and then their grandchildren moving from the South to the North, and uh, kind of following the factory yeah. work and and bringing music with them. You know. But the thing that uh, I know we're probably running along, the thing I want to talk about is the August tour that we're going. Yeah, that's exciting, yeah. too. I like there's there's so many fun things that we've got going on <laughs> yeah. this year. Yeah. I like it's been a busy year yeah. already. We're, we're going from uh, from Florida to California and back through Texas oh. and New Mexico and Arizona, which we haven't done since 2019. Yeah. The first time we did it early in 2019, we kind of like try to lay out, like we do a lot of bar work back home uh, to kind of pay the bills and like keep sure. up a band fund to do the other stuff, you know? And uh, we kind of have to lay out like, what are we not going to book locally so that mm -hmm. we can do tours? So that year, 2019, we had laid out, you know, uh, like in April or whatever it was before it gets too hot, we'll go out West and then we'll do June. We'll go up, you know, the Eastern seaboard and we'll figure out November when we get closer to it. And the West was so good to us that we did it twice that year. We did it twice in 2019 and we haven't been able to go back since, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, so yeah. we're really excited to go back through there. So, yeah, sometimes when we do the Northeast, it like hurts our budget a bit, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm not sure why that is. But every time we go West, especially through Texas, especially Arizona, yeah. it's like people show out in those yeah. States for our shows. And it's just really, really awesome. Yeah. Every time we go through there, yeah. we, we haven't done the, the Eastern seaboard with like a sense of purpose the way that we should have. Oh, true. Know? True. So we yeah. Really like built it the way, like I was saying last night to some people, like these two gigs that slackers gig you saw us play was between Florida and Washington, DC. That's the first one we ever played oh, because wow. it's, we're kind of at a level up until recently mm -hmm. where our best bet is to find a band, have the band, a local band approach the venue with a package with us on right. it and, and we can get it set up that way. And there just weren't either bands that fit with us, bands that we would message them. They just wouldn't message us back. Maybe they didn't like us. You know, they didn't like what they're hearing. They didn't think it would be a good fit, whatever it was. But in DC, uh, Andy and formerly Mike of, uh, the fuss mm -hmm. would first time we reached out, they just they're absolutely fantastic. took care of us. And then they set us up going North from there. So they didn't mm -hmm. have anything South of there either, but like we're now we're like kind of backfilling. Like we've been doing this for seven years and like, we got nothing in the Carolinas. Like we need to like, kind of like focus a little bit. So we did three Carolina shows on this run and we'll have to keep doing it in the future, you know? Yeah. Can somebody like start, since we're on a podcast, can somebody start some bands down here? That... Yeah. Like ska, reggae, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but actually I was thinking about it. I'm gonna, <laughs> once we get off, I'll, I'll, I'll actually have some suggestions around great. here for you. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we need. But yeah. People can check out our website and find those dates going out West. So yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't played any other music yet. On this we talk podcast. a lot. I'm sorry. You get no, me no, no. Talking. We no, can't fine. Did you have any other questions for them? No, 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 no. All right. Well, I thank you guys. Oh, they, 
listen to in the van, but uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, uh, lately, all country music, like like really? classic country. I'm I'm I've been on a George Jones kick for about three years. Oh, okay, and that's uh, not bad then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the classic country. It's really. only the good stuff. <laughs> it's a, I mean, a lot of Jason Isbell. To yeah, be that's honest, my, that's okay. my stuff with the new stuff. A lot yeah. of Jason Isbell. Yeah, yeah. There was, oh, I'm sorry. There was a stretch saying? in 2019 where I was for Phoebe Bridgers. I in my Spotify at the end of the year in it was 2018. I was in her top <laughs> one tenth of one percent of listeners because I made the band wow. listen to Phoebe Bridgers for like seven hours at a time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, then I moved back to Jason Isbell, and it's been all you know country stuff since then. Oh, but, uh, James McMurtry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They made me stop playing James McMurtry yesterday. People were yeah. crying in the van, so they're like, "We've had enough. We need to yep. move on." You know. Yep, moving but, on. Yeah, but I've got I've got like staples <laughs> that like that like elicit like an emotional response in me and like bring me to a place. Like that's why, uh, you know, if I'm doing like a nine hour drive, that's why like what's going on gets played yeah. front to back and then flip it over, play it again, you know? Or if we're driving so. through New Jersey, then it's uh, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> we try to have fun Bruce. like that. You know I mean? We try, to, <laughs> we try when we can think of it. You know, we, we, when we saw the sign coming up for Gary, Indiana, we put on the Jackson five, you know what I mean? Staple singers when we were in Chicago, you know, that kind of thing. You know? And sometimes he'll, he'll allow other people to play music too. Uh, very, very <laughs> I do drive. Sounds like me when I'm driving. Y'all got headphones. Y'all got headphones. If you don't like it, if you don't like it, put on your headphones. I never complain. You just like, man, can we listen to our music now? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> She'll say, why? Because you sucks. I'm sorry. No. Oh my God. Yeah, when you're driving me around, then you can yeah. play it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, uh, uh, Jason Isbell, a lot of, a lot of classic country, uh, you know, Patsy Klein, George Jones, and, uh, Marvin Gaye's a staple. And uh, sometimes in the middle of the night, I will play uh, uh, ambient, but the ambient records by uh, Brian Eno because oh like, God, that it relaxes yeah. me. Yeah. I put it on my headphones. Music for airports. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, a big, <laughs> that's a big one for me. Yeah, so I play music for airports in my, in my earbuds. Normally I don't make anybody else listen to that. <laughs> they might be like, what in the world is happening? I listen to all of that. Cause I work in front of a computer all day. Uh-huh. So that's, that just helps me. Yeah, focus yeah, so, yeah. for sure yeah I get, sometimes he'll he'll take my suggestions though he'll let me play some pine grove <laughs> yeah she turned me on to pine grove that that stuff is really good if you haven't heard pine grove you got to check them out yeah they're phenomenal yeah i'll yeah. check them out for sure yeah it's good it's like it's cool because like the record the first record she put me on like it's like indie rock you know it's kind of a punk rock feel but real real southern kind of feel too like it's equal parts southern and punk rock but mostly indie rock and uh like the band feels like the band was at full fidelity but the vocals were lo-fi and like it just like it was kind of cool it had an effect of like making me that from the very beginning strain to listen <clears throat> so like i got it faster than if it had been clear and right on top and in a weird in a you know what i mean but yeah. it was, it's really cool so i'm she it, turned me on to that it feels it feels like they just did it at their house so it has yeah. a feeling of like intimacy already yeah but yeah. also like uh you feel like you can you can see the the ceiling fans spinning above their heads you know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like no ac in the room yeah. kind i of definitely thing. gotta check that out yeah. it's cool. they're cool they're really good so that's, so, that's probably it uh, freecoasters.com that's yeah. where we can freecoasters.com. oh yeah yeah if you go to thefreecoasters.com slash music that's like our our like all links in one place page. okay like you can find Facebook Bandcamp Instagram all of that's gonna be right there if you go to slash music okay net, net nanny yeah. <laughs> yeah, make sure you whitelist us on your net nanny net nanny <laughs> We were on a riff yesterday about pure volume and 
<laughs> uh, just the dumb places that you put your music and shit. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, same like, with the podcast. Like, the weird stuff you have to find. It's like, yeah, oh, okay, exactly. you put it there too. Yeah. Don't forget to mash that like and subscribe <laughs> and get down in the comments and talk about all this great content. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, we had a know. fake band name that was really dumb. It was <laughs> like a kid's joke, but I, I told you guys the kid's joke last night. There's yes. A, there's a Twitter <laughs> feed for the listener. There's a Twitter feed called Kids Write Jokes, and one of and it's just kids enter the, or probably their parents type in the jokes that the kids write. And most of them aren't jokes. And one of them was, what do you call a thing with eight legs and a grandpa head? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer was a grandpa octopus. <laughs> but just the, 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 the phrase, the syllables together, grandpa head. <laughs> that needs to be a band. Grandpa, yeah, grandpa head. head. That's a grandpa. bad name so, right there. White, don't forget to whitelist grandpa head. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to bring all sorts of <laughs> Check out our merch on bandcamp.com. Yeah, you got to go to grandpahead.bandcamp.com. Go to purebonding.com slash user slash grandpa head. We are at youtube.com slash yvxkp slash grandpa head. Mash that like and subscribe. <laughs> Get down there in the comments and let us know you want more of that great grandpa head content. <laughs> grandpa head picked their next t-shirt design. Yeah, oh, yeah. We got a survey going. You can pick your favorite grandpa head t-shirt. <laughs> We're going to show up at the next, that's the next gig with a grandpa head shirt. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, I'm so right. sorry. 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 Man, yeah. You can't shut us up. I'm sorry. That's all right. You got to play the music to shut us up. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, yeah, that's all the time we had. Thank you guys for spending the time oh, with thank us. You. Thank you so much. So glad you guys came through town. If you're in Raleigh and DC, get ready for the free coasters and you know, can't wait to see you guys live. I'm actually going to Fort Myers later in the year for work. So ah. I'll catch you live down you there. You have to somewhere. hit us up and we'll make yeah. sure we, we let you know where if we're yeah. playing and where. That would be great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, as far as us, you can find us at at Imbibes, uh Podcast everywhere, pretty much every yeah. social media, and our email address is uh imbibespodcast at gmail.com. And that's all we have for today. Goodbye. Bye. Adios. Bye.